0: Welcome to the Team Tea Time podcast, a podcast where we discuss current events, politics, sports, and culture from a global lens and a historical perspective. We're going to be having episodes every Wednesday, so look out for that. Every Wednesday, we'll release episodes. We'll cover, like I said, sports, politics, culture, and current events, anything happening throughout the world. My name is Tim Hanya. I'm a health professional. Now, I'll be the host of the Team Tea Tank podcast. So, mainly through, like I said, politics, sports, culture, and other current events happening. Well, let me give you a little history about me. Right now, I live in the US, but I was born in uh, Kenya. That's my home country. That's where I was raised. I was there throughout my childhood. Okay? And that's the place where I first got interested in politics. My first memory of a political event was, I think, the death of the first president of Kenya. I was a little, like, maybe four back then. So I remember then, I remember my mom, dad, everybody just crowding in the house watching TV. And there was this lifeless body, like on a sort of like a long table. And people walking around, viewing, people crying, people sad. So that was my first memory in politics. And second memory, I remember in uh, 83, those elections. And I was fascinated by that. I was fascinated by the political campaigns, the whole music, the way politics was. Just politics, I think, all over Africa, not only in Kenya, but the music, little symbols. So I was interested in that. Even though it was a one-party system, you can call it what it is, it was a dictatorship. but that thing was still fascinating. So that's where I got into my first love for politics. I remember my dad telling me about the candidates, about the voting and stuff. Yeah, so that was my first memory. And around that time, that's when I got interested in newspapers. My dad used to be giving papers, I think, through his job. So like, we used to get uh, all the three dailies in Kenya back then. There was a Daily Nation, the East African Standard, the Kenya Times. So, man, I was fascinated. I was read them front to back. Does mm-hmm. everything coincide? That's when I started loving sports too. But it's uh, to stick to politics. Yeah, so uh, then around that time, my dad, you know, he didn't like the government of the time. Yeah. Uh, it was against uh, then, I think, uh, President Moy, So, a uh, little, to hear a little gossips from him how the ruthlessness of the then government, how people were just being thrown in jail. But then, you no, know, there was no, they didn't have the new constitution they have now. So, they just arbitrary arrests. The uh, police could just come get you. They didn't need like, a warrant or anything. And then, Probably, and they don't have to tell your family where you're going. So we just, we just uh, mom around, rumors that uh, this guy got arrested. Because people are scared of even uh, saying anything. And the only thing you could hear was the uh, next time on, uh, in the newspapers that uh, this guy was picked up by police. And uh, if they want to, you can be a uh, in court. If not, you could be detained. I remember uh, a couple of uh, people used to just get detained. Just say you're a threat to the, the country's security. Mm-hmm. So, no charges, no nothing. You just get uh, detained. So, yeah, my family was into opposition politics. Another scary political event that I remember was in 82 of August. There was like a coup. August of 1st, I think that was a Saturday. And I remember in the morning when we woke up, there were like gunshots. And I remember that day my parents were out at a party and then those mom's cousin was uh, coming to watch us. So, right there, I was scared. and I think my Antos, when wedding watchers uh, turned on the radio. like, uh, And that is what it is. That's what happened. There's a coup. And then I remember we had gunshots. They were, we lived near the state house. That's uh, the residence of the president. Yeah, they're like uh, just army people with guns cocked. And I remember adults when they had to walk, they had to like uh, show the ID. That was a scary event. Around that time, I think I got into the Cold War. This is the 80s. So we got the Cold War, and now we got what's happening in South Africa, the appetite in, uh, in South Africa. So uh, it's in Kenya. Uh, so the government of Kenya, but then even though technically they used to say they are part of the non-aligned movement, anybody knows the non-aligned movement, that was, I think that was formed in uh, 1957 in Indonesia by a brother, I think President Suharto. Just basically non aligned movement was like they're not aligned to any side whether it's the Soviet side or the American side. So like if a resolution comes into like a, the U, a UN, they're independent. They can choose whatever they want to be. Even that was the official stance of the Kenyan government but they were on the American side. There was private enterprise, British bases in our country. I know they saw the uh, British bases in our country. And British actually, the army never left because of the deals that the first president signed with them in the 60s. And a couple of them stayed. So there were like the British residents who decided to stay in Kenya. So that means the army was there too. The president was far friendly to some of them kept their land. So nothing happened to them. There was no violence. Like It was being said that uh, if Kenya were to get independent, the white population would get killed. No, they didn't kill. In fact, they, were, they became a very privileged minority. So that was that. So Kenyan government was on the American side, so a lot of bemoaning of over, the over Soviet type of government. Of course, that came to an end in eighty nine. and basically, I can tell you, the government uh, collapsed because uh, a lot of that funding uh, from the West was pulled out. Because in between that time... Most of the money that was being sent from the West was rather been going to the elite. They didn't really develop the country, so that's why in the nineties the country went through a rough time. So, yeah, that's why. So I got interested in that. That's the one thing: entered the Cold War, and then we had the apartheid government. So basically, that's what's part of Kenyan news back then. I remember the news. Okay, we had a, we had one station, but then it was okay. Before eighty seven, it was uh, local news which covered mainly the president and the party that uh, the ruling party because it was one party system. So anything good about when then, or if they are criticizing people who don't like the president, went on the first part of the news. Second news was always the world news, but the first item was always South Africa. I remember there used to have a montage of like one of the like, police officers. Uh, the the white police officer, officers of uh, South Africa. This is lunging a dog lunging into somebody. Imagine watching that. Imagine watching that every day. You get angry about what's happening in South Africa and uh, people getting gas So yeah, so that's what uh, occupied my childhood. That's why I got interested just uh, generally politics of that time. So uh, and, uh, we had uh, released Mandela. People used to raise money. Our passports had the back then is uh, you could go anywhere except South Africa, uh, the Kenyan. That's what the Kenyan passport said. That's what was stamped on it. You couldn't go anywhere. So uh, that was uh, politics in the 80s. That's what, what sparked my interest, my childhood interest in politics. I think uh, that bled into the nineties with the breakup of uh, uh, the Soviet Union and what happened after that. Uh, in fact, as I'm talking now, the effects <laughs> are still being felt today as I'm recording this, where the the Russians wants to just establish their fear of influence on the East. But somehow I knew, and somehow on the, on the law, we knew that the Soviet Union was eventually going to break up. Because I remember I grew up with a friend who told me, Tim, man, don't you think that there's a reason? Like the guys who used to go to study in Eastern Europe, they used to come back. I remember the women, a lot of biracial kids that grew up with their moms were either Russian or from, many, or from the other countries in Eastern Europe. So according to my friend then, you see like, that most of the women, they want to get out of there. It can't be good because uh, that's what's not happening. The, the people used to go to the US, Britain. No, those guys never used to come back. or well, if they came back, they came back for vacation and went back. But the guys from the to the East, they came back, the family like, uh, probably the Kenyan girl, uh, living in Kenya back then was better than the struggle of, uh, of what was happening in the, the, in Eastern Europe. So that's so basically, uh, yeah. So it bled into the nineties of the breakup of the Soviet Union. Around that time, the nineties, that's when I came here. Uh, I came to the US, rather Got the first taste of America. I, I and I love the politics too when I came to America because uh, uh, I was big on C I love C-SPAN, so, yeah, I was fascinated by the debates. Occasionally C-SPAN used to show the even the House of Commons debates in England, so I was fascinated by that. Before I came here, I had a grasp over the American system, about uh, how president is elected, the Senate, the 50 states. Uh, each state has two senators. The, the House of Representatives, the states having governors and stuff. Yes, I was fascinated. I thought it was just rather more interesting than uh, what was happening in Kenya then. So, uh, yeah, that's always been interesting politics. So in the coming episodes, we're going to be discussing a lot of politics because uh, that's one of my interests. And uh, is, uh, politics is important. I love it. I loved it since childhood. It made me get interested in other countries. It sparked my interest in geography and history, just learning about other people through politics, through watching the news, through listening to the BBC World Service with my dad, because uh, back then nobody trusted the Kenyan uh, station. So he had like a shortwave radio. So at 6.30 back then, we used to, uh, used to listen to the news and that. Uh, I was fascinated because they used to discuss things that were that weren't being discussed in Kenya media. So I loved it. Yeah. So so uh, people, some people don't say it. I was still a fan of the BBC. I listened to it every. Day. Listen to it every day. Just like when when uh, media got liberalized in Kenya, I think in nineteen ninety, and CNN came on, like loved it, man. It was about news. I used to watch news all the time, even though people my age back then never used to watch news. Yeah, they were interested in other things. So, in the coming days, that's one of my love. So, I'm going to be talking a lot about politics. Uh, A lot of the politics I'm going to be talking about, it's going to include um, the U.S., England, because a lot of family there. So, I follow that a lot. Yeah, I follow that a lot. I do visit that place, I do visit England periodically. So, I'm fascinated by English politics and how the... Both the Labour, Conservative, and all that, even the Lib Dems. So that's why. then, of course, I follow Kenya politics, uh, the country of my birth. So in the future, you're going to see a lot of that. Also, sports. I do love sports. Um, my first uh, love, of course, is uh, football star slash soccer. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we call it here in the US. But but growing up, always football. Still use football. What my dad used to take me to watch soccer games in the 80s in Kenya. Uh, it was a big uh, my fan. I remember uh, was the first game I can uh, remember was, uh, I think, Kenya played Libya. I think that was the first live game that I remember being shown on Kenya television. I think Kenya's won that, but they lost uh, the return leg in uh, Tripoli-Libya 2-0 in a rather controversial way. I think there's some stories that uh, some of those goals were let on too easy. So in the 80s, the league, the football league back then, the soccer league was so nice. I used to follow all the time. I used to listen to the matches on the radio every Saturday. I knew all the commentators. It's what brought me and my dad together, my cousins. We used to listen to games all of a sudden. I know after 1990, kind of like any other thing in Kenya, sort of football began to collapse because of the way the game was being supported. The means of support for that. because a lot of government corporations used to employ players so that they could either play for those corporation teams or play for private teams. So at least they had the employer where they're getting salary and a little lance here and here and there. But once that collapsed because there was no money to support uh, people who work part-time, they want people there full-time. You can't just pay you and uh, your... Away from work <laughs> more than a week. Yeah. I think the game worked like the booster system here works. Huh? Mm-hmm. The booster system in the college sports in America. So that was that. I enjoyed the uh, yeah, sports. Uh, my, I think the uh, best sports moment of my childhood was, was 87 when he won the Mandela Cup. Mandela Cup is like the Europa Cup now in Europe. Yeah, and that's, I think the last the uh, football championship for club or country in Kenya. Yeah, the continental, rather. Of course, uh, Kenyan's won uh, the little Eastern Central, uh, Eastern Central Cup, like a regional tournament. I'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, we won. Yeah, that was a big memory. I remember when my dad was celebrated. He bought me fries after that for 13-year-old at school, man. That was in 87. He loved it. One of my best memories ever, 87 I think the memory was the best early 2000s, even though we weren't winning. I was in Philadelphia. The Sixers were good with Iverson. We never won the actual championship. The Eagles, my NFL team, the American football team, I support when the got close to a Super Bowl, but uh, I think we went to one Super Bowl in 05, but we lost. But the early 2000s was a good memory, but uh, best memory I remember in 08 when the Philadelphia Phillies won. So that was great when we won the World Series, Uh, and after that, twenty eighteen when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So those three events are some of my best memories of sports. Those three events are some of the best um, of my best memories in sports. Mm Of course, the eighties, man, I I still think about it because whenever I think of my dad, I think about those days, just going to uh, soccer games, buying snacks. Just uh, me and him. I tried to reestablish those memories with my son, but taking him to games and stuff. Because I know when he gets older, he'll remember them when he thinks about me. Like Just like when, when I think about football in the 80s, I think about my dad. Also think about my older cousins. I had an older cousin who we struck a lot of football slash soccer with. Yeah, doing World Cup, I remember the six World Cup was good for us. So yeah, so sports-wise, a lot of football, we're going to be talking about that, uh, about players, how. It relates to the community, uh, a little bit more expansive. So we'll do that. So remember, when I went to high school, got in, uh, started to love la- rugby because uh, it's one of the sports of, of my high school. So I love rugby. Even though in the coming episodes, I'll say a few things about it. I love the sport, but there's some things around the sport that, as a person who is into politics and who, uh, how it uh, impacts society. Mm-hmm. I look at stuff like uh, socioeconomic effects of things. Well, a few things uh, I'll, I'll say about rugby in the future episodes. Yeah, and then, like I said, because I'm in the U.S., I love the NFL. I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, big Philadelphia Sixers fan. I love divers In the late 90s, even though the Sixers, they weren't very good, but I still either... Watch every game uh, or, uh, on TV or uh, listen to it on radio. Yeah, man, I love Iverson, man. One of my, actually my favorite athlete. This guy fell in love first time I watched him when I came here. Mm-hmm. He was in the, he was he played for six, for 10 years. Best football time, best sports times of my life. Being, watching Iverson play for the 76ers. Big, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I feel the for Eagles, of course, the Sixers, because a lot of sports uh, learn the rules of baseball. So I follow the Phillies. I take my son to baseball games every, we go every summer. So I love the Phillies. Don't follow the hockey that much, but I'm a fan of the Philadelphia the Flyers, so I follow them too. Mm-hmm. So in the future, we'll talk about, uh, I'll cover sports because uh, I'll cover the World Cup that's coming at the end of the year, and I'll say controversies that surround it, which are some of which I agree with. In the EPL, I'm a Arsenal fan. Right now, we're uh, we're doing good. I think we're gonna finish fourth, so I'm an Arsenal fan. So little uh, Arsenal fandom from me. You're gonna hear that. So yeah, so we'll discuss that. Uh, discuss the World Cup. Discuss EPL. Discuss our uh, let's say the way still African players are treated in Europe. And why I hate the fact that they have to go there because we don't have leagues. So I'll cover that in the future too. So so a little bit of sports. All things culture. Politics is culture. Sports is culture. So <laughs> I'll say culture. So one of my interests is like just looking at society and discussing what influences it. How jobs influences it. How gender norms influence it. So I'll discuss that. So in the future, I'll talk about that all things culture, music, in the 90s. Growing up, I always loved all kinds of music. As I became a teenager, I fell in love with rap music. I was fascinated by rap music. because all things in the U.S., because my father had an uncle here. My mom used to talk about him a lot. So got fascinated. You have had an uncle in Philadelphia. So I loved it. I loved it. So uh, we took a rap music, how lovely, but you look at it from now on the misogyny around it. No good. Some of the rappers that I loved back then haven't turned out to be stellar human beings, especially their views. Yeah, good. Yeah, but uh, so we'll, t- we'll discuss all things culture, so that means music, drama, how culture norms, like just generally, like in the. Suburbs versus rural areas versus city. Are we going to compare Europe, Africa, here in the US? So uh, just look out for it. I'll discuss all cultural norms. So it uh, depends on the, what's happening then. So we'll raise everything. Uh, also, I intend to interview experts. So maybe in health matters, as you know, and know the COVID rates are going down, but you can still discuss it. Uh, the people. We'll continue to study because we have people with long COVID. Long COVID is out there. I work uh, I'm a health professional, so I'm interested in health. I'm interested in the whole thing's health, huh? holistically. What affects you as a human being to live a rather healthy life? So uh, I'm into that The food, uh, with, uh, how people just move around walking, but taking a bus. Just generally the environment, we talk about what affects your health. So in the future episodes, I'll talk about that. That will be coming. So lastly, just to finish, like I said, today as I'm recording this, it's International Women's Day. i will say first an opportunity to wish happy International Women's Day to all the women in the world. Still a long way to go for women to achieve equality in all spheres of life. Even though you can appreciate what's happening, but it's still a long way to go. We solve uh, crazy cases of uh, gender violence in the world. In fact, as I'm talking now, over the weekend, like in full daylight, full daylight in Kenya where I come from, a lady was stripped naked, and nobody helped her. Nobody. Nobody. It's a shame. And then who's to blame? Men. Men. You often hear people say, oh, not all men. No. If if that crowd, you mean in a crowd, people are stripped a woman is being stripped, being violated, and there's not even one man we who, who intervened. So the whole uh, not all men thing doesn't apply. Doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. Does not apply. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter whether, if you're a man, you believe, in, even if uh, deep down you believe in equality, you have still b- benefited from misogyny. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things, where if you're a lady, could not have happened, little the little success you have, you benefit because you're a man, because of, you're. You live in a misogynistic world and therefore you benefit. So hopefully I just wish everything to be better for women and for men to treat them better. For men to be better. Yes, well, for people of my gender to treat women better. Okay. And a woman doesn't have doesn't need to be have proximity to you. You know, people say well, I have a wife, I have a sister, I have a aunt. It doesn't matter. They don't have to be wives, sisters, or nieces for you to respect them. It doesn't matter. They're human beings. You respect them. So in conclusion, I would like to say happy International Women's Day to all the women out there. And uh, of course, uh, like I said earlier also, episodes are going to be dropping every Wednesday. So please follow us on all, whatever you listen to podcasts. We're going to be in all the podcast platforms. We're also going to be on YouTube. So, while you're there, give us a follow, subscribe there, like us on YouTube, and please comment, all right? We look forward to hearing from you. We'll also try and be better, okay? So, every Wednesday, Team Tea Time Podcast, all podcast platforms, also on YouTube, all right? Thank you. Look forward to hearing from you. And more episodes on Wednesday, like I said. All right, take care.